0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's pray over the word. Can we do that? Father, we just ask you to bless today our hearts. God, we, you said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Just tell the Lord right now say, Lord, I'm hungering after righteousness. Tell him I'm hungering after truth. Tell him I'm hungering after the bread of life. And we are God. We want bread from heaven today. And Holy Spirit, we give you complete access to our hearts, to our minds, and to our bodies. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that today's message will create a spirit of faith in us. God, that we can receive all that you've promised us in your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Open your Bibles to Leviticus, the 16th chapter. Leviticus. It's not out too often that I share from uh, books like this, but praise God, it's important because it was part of the Bible. Can I have an amen? And uh, they chose it uh, and um, to be put in here, part of the books of the Old Testament. We're going to be sharing out of there this morning. As you know, I've been doing a series on blood covenant. And I hope it has been inspiring you. That Why is this important? Because I said it last week. The foundation of your salvation is based on your insight, knowledge, and understanding of the blood covenant. As Easterners, we don't really capture it like they do. As Westerners, we don't capture it like they do in the East. In the East, uh, blood covenant is still today is practiced, and they understand it uh, more than we do, but we are gaining a, a greater understanding of it. The whole Bible, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, is about blood covenant. It's about God's relationship to man and man's relationship to God. How many love Jesus today? Hallelujah. I do too. I love him for all that he has done for me. We were watching a, a, a movie uh, yesterday and uh, it was a new, a new one I hadn't seen before. It was on the life and ministry of Jesus and all the way to the cross. And as they were piercing his hands and his feet with these huge uh, spikes, your, your heart was just stirred inside of what. Uh, overwhelmed with gratitude to our Lord for allowing, allowing himself uh, to become uh, as, as, as we are so that we can become as he is. Can I have an amen? He took our place on the cross and I'm grateful for it. Anyway, from Genesis to Malachi, the Old Covenant or the Old Testament provides the blueprint for man's redemption. And during that period of time, God called redemption, he really did, all the way through it, a mystery. The word mystery means to shut the mouth. And why was this important that it be kept secret? Because of 1 Corinthians 1 says, If they would have known it, the princes of this world would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So it was hidden throughout the 39 books of the Bible. And of course it came to fruition in the book of Matthew. The old covenant covers a span of 4,000 years as we understand. And it's filled, listen, it's filled with types and shadows. Listen to this, of role playing which would ultimately become the platform for for Christ's birth, His ministry, His death, and His resurrection. Say role-playing. Because that's exactly what they were doing. As Israel carried out their annual ceremonial feasts, which were required of them, although they were not aware of it, they were rehearsing God's plan of salvation for humanity. Hallelujah. I want you to write this down. What the Old Testament concealed, the New Testament revealed. This is really good what the old testament concealed the new testament revealed so today we're going to look at a, look at one of these role playing uh, stories in the bible found here in Leviticus the 16th uh, chapter we're going to read verse 7 and 8 verse 7 says and he that was Aaron shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle or at the door of the church you know the tabernacle was the, the was the, uh, a, a literal a traveling Church house, a traveling worship center that uh, Moses uh, received instructions from the Lord on the Mount regarding the tabernacle, a house that he could house himself in and be as close as he could to the people of God without killing them. And, be, and what does that mean? Not that he was against them, he was for them. But the, m- people in their sinful condition could not stand in the perfect presence of God and live. How many really glad we can do it today? And we'll share more on that as we go. And Aaron shall cast lots upon two goats. Say two goats. goats. Amen. And one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. Now drop down to verse 15. It says, then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and shall bring his blood within the veil and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and before the mercy and before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel. So there was a reason for the shedding of blood. It was to correct or to cover the uncleanness of God's people. And so the Bible says, because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Verse 17, and there shall be no man in the tabernacle the congregation which he goeth and to make an atonement in the holy place until he comes out and made an atonement for himself, for his household, for all the congregation of Israel. So again, we're talking about types and shadows. So Aaron the high priest, the high priest, remember, is the only one, oh, I wish I had so many, so many things I want to share. Uh, again, the tabernacle had two rooms, one called the holy place, the other called the holy of holies. And we were watching that when Jesus died on the cross, it showed on that movie that the veil was torn in half. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Through the veil of Jesus' flesh, uh, through the tearing of his flesh, through the, him becoming the sin, our, our atoning uh, 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 Savior, we have, a legal, we have legal access to go into, listen, to go literally into the presence of God. We're not, we're, we're not out here. Uh, hoping something happens so we can get God's attention and get close to him. We literally can step right into the presence of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Why don't you give God a good shout of praise for that? So then, amen. So this is all types and shadows of uh, the redeeming work of Jesus. All right. So so the um, two goats were selected by Aaron for a spiritual purpose. The first goat will become the sin offering. It's blood required for the sins of the children of Israel. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no pardon, no forgiveness, no freedom. Without blood. Because the blood was evidence that someone had taken the place of another. If, you, if Jesus have had died on the cross, every one of us here this morning would have had to, uh, uh, everyone in a family would have to get a goat, purchase a goat, or a lamb, and bring it to the church where the high priest, or bring it, actually, you couldn't even step into the building because you weren't allowed to. You weren't allowed to step into the worship center. Only the, uh, the, the priesthood of Aaron, Aaron's family, was the only one who God chose to minister in the sanctuary. So everybody, everybody could stand outside and, 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 uh, see, uh, and know that inside, a death was taking place, hallelujah, and inside, they had representatives praying for them, and that was the priest's. And then once a year, the high priest Aaron would go inside, he would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle the blood of an animal. Why? Because that blood, again, ceremonially, was uh, Israel's identification that someone died for them and took their place. Oh, hallelujah. We don't have to bring lambs to church anymore. (laughs) Amen. Let's go on. And so, um, Leviticus 17, verse 11 says this is the next chapter. Here it says this. For the life of the body is in its blood. I have given you, God says, I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you. See, that, now that, when we talk about purification, that, that was ceremonially. Uh, understand that. That was ceremonially because they could not be cleansed by the blood of an animal. So ceremonially, this practice was done uh, uh, so that the uh, sins of Israel was covered, okay? Amen. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, which we'll see here in a moment. Verse 11, I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. Isn't that good? It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. Now listen to this. As far as accessing and experiencing God's mercy, there wasn't any difference from the Old Testament believer than there was in the New Testament believer in this, that they had to have faith in that blood that, was, that would promise them right standing with God. Isn't that good? They, they, weren't, they could not base God's right standing on performance. Even though they were performing these things, they were role playing the types and shadows of the redeeming work of Christ. By faith, they, they had to believe by faith that that lamb that died, died for them so that they could live in right standing with God. Now, in Exodus, I'll be real quick and we'll go on. In Exodus, the 12th chapter, we see example of this. In Exodus, the 12th chapter, the children of Israel were in 430 years of bondage. God sent Moses to deliver them. To deliver them. Now, the final judgment of 10, 10 judgments that came upon the gods of Egypt, the final one was God says, I'm going to, I'm going to require the death of every, um, uh, every um, the firstborn of every family. But he comes to the children of Israel through Moses and says, Now, Moses, you can avoid this judgment by taking all, all, every family choosing a lamb and taking the blood and sprinkling on the doorposts of your house so that when the death angel comes to, uh, to produce judgment upon Egypt for not letting you go, he said, Then I will pass over you. He, I will pass over your house and protect you from the death angel. So that's exactly what happened. Hallelujah. But what if? What if what, and it doesn't really say this, but what if there had been some Israelites that said, Oh, pfft, we've been in bondage for 430 years. We don't believe a word of it. And they didn't, they didn't apply that blood by faith. Well, then they'd have fell under the same judgment that Israel, uh, 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 Egypt did, and God didn't want that. That's how important the, the, uh, the faith in the blood was. There was no natural evidence, you know, that this was going to happen. But they believed they believed in the word of the Lord. Say they believed in God's word. Amen. They, they did. And, of course, God blessed those, protected those uh, that believed. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says that Jesus is our Passover lamb. He's called the Passover lamb. And this is why it's important. As to, uh, now, just be honest with me. How many here have missed it since you've been a believer? Raise your hand if you missed it any part of your life. Every hand, every hand be lifted up right now. Every hand, or we're gonna have to pray for liars. <laughs> now the reason this is important to acknowledge, it's so important to acknowledge is because, see, God knew we would miss it. God knew that we wouldn't have it together the day we got saved. We kind of thought we did the day we got saved, because it was so exciting. But then we realized over time that we were dealing with um, uh, we were dealing with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Is that right? So we, God knew that we would fall. God knew that we would make mistakes. And therefore, he provided, uh, he provided a sacrifice for us so that, listen, when we miss it, we could run to God with remorse, with sorrow, and with a repentant heart, and God would receive that and forgive us of our sins. Is that awesome or what? That's why I think all the time, you know, uh, that we do come to the altar, we come, with, we come to the altar in reverence. Uh, Because God is not, God, I say this carefully, God is your friend, but we're not necessarily friends of God. Now, we're sons of God, but sometimes our behavior and our lifestyles and our actions display something different. So you should always come to God with reverence. But if you come to Him with repentance, listen, I don't care how many times you're sinning. I mean, let, let me explain it this way. Please read Romans 6. What a powerful book. Because he literally goes into detail about, don't, let, don't use these bodies as instruments of unrighteousness. Now, he didn't say that because you'll go to hell. He just said, then you'll become servants to that. And you'll be tormented as a Christian instead of free as a Christian. How many want to be free as a Christian? I do too, yeah. And so he's telling you that because he didn't want, he didn't want your members of your body you know, to be held captive to things that you were free from. Yeah, he didn't want you to go back into captivity. He wants you, he you to, be, to stay free. Why is that important? Pastor Vicky talked about that this morning, so that we could be a light to those that live in darkness. Those that are in darkness have to see a light. And the, but even Jesus says, if the light that is in you be dark, how great is that darkness? And so what does that even mean? If the light, is you in, if the, if the light in you is dark... Obviously you opened up the you opened up the door to let darkness in. Now, why is that? Why? Why? Because darkness cannot overcome the light. It can't unless you allow it to. So these these things are important. But so anyway, when you do miss it, God gave you access to go to him so that you can get forgiveness and get restored back into right standing with him. First John 1 9. How many are grateful for 1 John 1 9? If you confess your sin. He is faithful and just to forgive you of sin, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Now, so Jesus is our Passover lamb. The Apostle Paul wrote this to new believers in Rome, and here's what he said. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Watch this. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that, that's in Christ whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Now that word is in the, kind of mess your mind up in the, in, in, the, in the King James Version, but the word propitiation literally means a, an atoning victim. That's what it means. It, it means mercy seat. It, now hear me out. Mercy, do you remember we read last week in Hebrews that there's a reel of the type and shadow? If, if the cop, everything that they were doing here everything that they were doing and practicing here, there's a real of that truth in in heaven. There's a real altar in heaven, a real mercy seat in heaven, and the blood of Jesus sits on that mercy seat. Hallelujah. I mean, it'll be there forever, always reminding us that we are the redeemed. Hallelujah. And I don't believe we will ever, ever, ever lose sight of or, or lose our thankfulness of the fact of what Jesus did for us. So there's a mercy seat in heaven, and that mercy seat is Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the atoning victim. He's the one that paid the ultimate price for sin. Listen, when people step into eternity without God, they're going to be so grieved to know that their sins were already paid for, but they didn't take advantage of it. That's what's so grievous. Even if there wasn't a hell, just to be separated from the presence of God for eternity would be bad enough. The loneliness, the loneliness, the isolation would drive you insane. There's a show on TV, I don't know what, it's a show where they take someone and they they put them out on an island all by themselves. Have you ever seen it? And like five miles away, there's someone else. Five miles away, there's someone else. And they can see how long it takes, uh, how they can endure to, to stay out there the longest by themselves. And they say they literally, they go insane by the isolation. Cause you can only talk to a bird so long he ain't gonna talk back. Isolation. It would be a horrific thing to be separated from God. Let's go on. So through faith watch this. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, watch this, through faith in his blood. Say faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forebends of God that, to declare, say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just in the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Here's the New Living translation. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God with undeserved thank- uh, kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. Give God praise again. Is that awesome or what? I love this. Because you cannot merit, you cannot earn God's righteousness. The message all sinners whom God still loves must hear. This is a message that all sinners must hear. Jesus doesn't care about your sin. He cares about your soul. You have to remember that. Jesus does not care about a sinner's sin. He cares about their soul. He's not focused on your sin. He's focused on your soul. He really loves you. Even as a believer, if you find yourself really... Trapped by sin, you can run to God and he'll set you free. If you mean, listen, if you mean business with God, God will mean business with you. I'm serious about that. I don't care if it's an addiction. I don't care if it's a a sexual uh, stronghold, whatever it may be in your life. Fear, worry, oppression. If you you call on God, he is a deliverer. He's not a part deliverer. (laughs) Leviticus 16, verse 10. The other goat, the scapegoat chosen by Lot to be sent away will be kept alive. Standing before the Lord, when it is sent away to Azazel in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. So the second goat was called the scapegoat. Now he didn't die, he actually lived. Verse 20, and when he had made, that's Aaron, an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation, the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both hands upon the head of the live goat and confess uh, over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, all their transgressions and all their sins, putting those, all those iniquities, all those transgressions, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. Now, I, I... This is so powerful here. Uh, The word head is used. He lays them upon the head. That word head is this exact same Hebrew word in Genesis 3.15 where God said to the devil, uh, uh, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. That word head means spiritual authority. It means spiritual power. So the Bible says, and Jesus of course was the only one, the only one the only one qualified to accept and receive all the sins of mankind because he was holy before God, had never transgressed. He was the perfect sacrifice that was qualified to take away our sins. I said, take away our sins. Colossians 2.15 says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us, made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them. Every demonic rank, every rank. Every rank. The word had means spiritual authority. Jesus destroyed every rank. I don't care what level of demonic forces there are. Jesus destroyed every one of them. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah. It's true. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, the Bible says in him and in the cross. Now the word scapegoat. Let me get a definition. It's one who accepts the blame for some, someone else's wrongdoings and mistakes. Who bears the fault of another. This goat was chosen, listen, to symbolically carry Israel's sins into the wilderness, never to be remembered no more. Raise your hand if, you, if you've ever remembered your sins. See? But God doesn't. This, symbi- this goat symbolically, after all the sins of Israel, all! If all your sins are forgiven, are you in right standing with God? Yeah. Come on, help me. All right, if all your sins are forgiven, are there any more to be forgiven? No, there's not. So all the sins of Israel was laid on his head on that spiritual authority that God set up, which is Jesus, and that goat was led out into the wilderness and, and, to, uh, and, and to die out there in the wilderness. In the wilderness, there was nothing out there, but I don't know if you've ever seen the Middle East. I mean, you get in the sands out there, there's nothing out there. And so he goes out there to To carry the sins of Israel and to live a very slow death. But that's how, symbolically, God, or Israel had right standing with God. Isn't that beautiful? I said, isn't that beautiful? Amen. So I love all these types and shadows. Now, listen. As I mentioned last week, guilt is a weapon that Satan uses against us on a daily basis Listen, to keep us from accepting and receiving God's forgiveness and also to keep us from the joys of being restored to his divine favor. Guilt. I don't know about you, but I have felt guilt in my life. And guilt is what you feel like God has separated himself from you, but he never will do that. Now, our disobedience can separate us from God in the sense of we'll feel like a disconnection but never on God's part. That's why repentance is so important. And I know today there's preachers that say you don't have to repent. And uh, I, I don't know. The book of Revelation. All the seven churches. He said uh, all the seven churches repent. I mean, so, it ha- so I don't know where they're getting that from. But they're in error. But that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live a repentant life. Amen. Before the Lord. It's important. Let's go on. The word guilt means a grievous feeling of having done wrong or failed in an obligation. And then I thought the word shame. Uh, shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And that is why Jesus became a sin bearer. He wanted us to be free from guilt and shame. Hebrews 10, I want to read this. I'm going to read it. this apart. We'll just have a couple more verses, and then we're going to receive communion together. It's so important to watch this. For the, and I want you to focus on these words. When I read them, you focus on them. Please do. It's so, so important. For the law, the Levitical law, okay? The law having a shadow of good things to come. Y- y'all, y'all agree that the shadow is not the real? Right? You see my shadow? That's not the real. This is the real. Right? The shadow of good things to come. I mean, it hadn't come yet. And not the very image of the things, watch this, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year after year, make those who approach perfect or complete. For then they would not have ceased to be offered. Would you all agree with that? For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. Because every year, a lamb had to be required, a lamb had to be slain, which was always a reminder to Israel that they were captivated by sin. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he, that's Jesus, came into our, the world, he said, here's what Jesus said, Sacrifice and offering, you, God, you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. not that beautiful? In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. So Jesus is in communication with the Father saying, I came for this purpose. You had a purpose for me and I'm fulfilling it. Now watch this. Now, previously saying, because this was prophesied, I don't want to confuse you. He's simply repeating the prophecy. Sacrifice an offering and burnt offerings for a sin you did not desire. You had no pleasure in them, which are offered con- according to the law. Then he, that's the second person of the Godhead. He said, behold, I've come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, what? The first covenant. The covenant. The, 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 uh, uh, Levitical covenant, the Mosaic covenant, that he may establish the second covenant. That's the covenant that we have in Christ. Now watch this. Verse 10. By that will, by that, by that covenant, but by, by that last will and end testament, we have sanctified, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, watch this, once and for all. Come on, get excited about this. Once and for all. Salmon right standing with God. Every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down, sat down. Do you remember when he was hanging on the cross? We, we saw this yesterday in the movie. What were the three words he said when he hung on the cross right before he died? Anybody know what he said? What did he say? Say, it is finished. Say it again. Say it again. Say it Boldly. He was saying the Levitical law has been fulfilled in me. (laughs) No more lambs to be slain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more guilt and condemnation. God, thank you. Yes, I'm so grateful. He sat down at the right hand of God, meaning it was a completed... From that time, waiting till his enemies, I put down sin and death, and I thought, well, maybe it's death in the grave, but sin, death in the grave, praise God, are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected or completed forever those who are being sanctified. Being sanctified. Being sanctified. Now listen to this Jesus died on the cross so that we could live forever. But you all agree we'll never live forever in these bodies. Because these bodies are made out of the dirt, and for some reason, when God cursed, uh, he cursed the, Genesis, God, God did, not the devil, God cursed the earth so that the earth couldn't produce like he designed it to be for uh, the rebellious. He cursed the earth. So in that curse, this body was in that, meaning it will have to go back into the dirt unless, unless, of course, Jesus comes and we hear the, I don't know if we will, the sound of the trump. But they have to go back to the dirt. You heard about the little boy who come around to the kitchen and said, Mommy, Mommy, what, what, son? What happens, what happens to people when they die? And, and she said, well, son, they, 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 uh, they turn to dust. And he goes, oh, Mommy, I think there's someone under our bed. <laughs> I know. That. Some of you got a chuckle. That was worth it to me. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said this, said this before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. What days? After the three days of his death, burial, hell, and resurrection. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. How many are glad that you can understand the scriptures? So I'll be reading the Bible. I'm telling you, it's just like, You just have to get up and run around the house. It gets so exciting when God begins to open your eyes so you can see what he sees. Listen, what he sees for you. Amen. Amen. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there's no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now I want you to catch this, everyone. Please catch this. Because if you don't, you won't come to God. Because you can only come to God when your performance is right. And most of the time, it won't be. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now there, where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Say, say by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> by a new and living way which he consecrated for us to the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And that, of course, the washing of the water is the word of God. The word of God is what cleanses us. Just stop and think about that. Now you can go into the presence of God Because a sacrifice was made for you. There's blood upon the mercy seat. Listen to me. Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2.14. I believe. And Hebrews 3.1. Says that we have a high priest. That deals with things pertaining to God. That's redemption. And we. Hebrews 3.1 says. uh, Consider Jesus the high priest of your confession. Or the high priest that you confessed as your savior. Consider Him. What, what is it to consider? That He sits at the right hand of God making intercession for you on a daily basis. Come on, please lift your hands and give Him praise for that. Uh, think about that. He sits on the right hand of the Father praying for you every day. Because He understands. He understands. And oh, we'll read it. I, I don't want to get hungry. We've got to read this. But He understands that you're a, a person that has to deal with this natural life. So Jesus became our sin offering. He bared all the sins of humanity in His own body and the bible calls jesus our scapegoat he's the one that paid the price the word scapegoat literally means in the hebrew goat of departure or means to uh, to disappear hallelujah so as i said earlier for the new old testament believer he had to he had to by faith accept the fact that he had right standing with god when, when he saw the blood on the altar he had to accept it by faith now he you know if he didn't believe that then you know what i'm saying he couldn't reap the benefits of that so same with you Praise the Lord. Jesus paid it all. Now, the Bible says, John said of Jesus, in the Old Testament, it says this now, it says it in Hebrews, you can read it, that the sins of Israel were covered. But in the New Testament, John said of Jesus, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Takes away the sin of the Christian? No, the sin of the world. So man will never, ever, 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 ever go to hell because of sin. Never. Never. Sin was dealt with. You can only miss heaven by not receiving that free gift. That's why it's so important. She shared that this morning downstairs. That's why it's important that you and I live as lights to this world because there's people out there that are hurting and suffering that uh, you're the only one that has the answer to them. And if you don't, listen to me now, and if you don't understand this, then you'll never open your mouth because you'll never feel qualified to open your mouth because you're still dealing with things. Listen to me, every one of you are far, far more ahead of those that are living in the world without God. And God is expecting us to do something to let our light shine. Can I have an amen? So, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. How far away? Psalms 103 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Come on, give God praise. And as far as the Message Bible, as far as sunrise is from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. I'll read this one scripture and then we're going to prepare for communion. It's in Psalms 103. I I, want to read just how beautifully it's laid out to us as believers. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. <laughs> and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all His benefits. That word benefits in the Hebrew it's to treat a person well with beneficial acts of goodwill. <laughs> is that good? Well, that's something to bless the Lord about. Amen. Hallelujah. And forget not all His benefits who forgives all, 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 all your iniquities. For some of you, you should really rejoice in that. And who heals all your diseases. Now rejoice in that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Good things. Good things. Good things. Right here. This is the good things. <laughs> Hallelujah, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness. He does, and justice for all who are oppressed. When I read that who are oppressed, I thought of Acts 10:38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. for God was with him. Verse 10, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. That's what I said earlier. Not afraid of God, but you have a reverential fear of him. You have such awe and respect for him. God is not my buddy. He's my redeemer. He deserves a kneel. Come on, he deserves it. I mean, if the Muslims kneel five times a day, don't you think we should kneel once in a while? Are you saying they have more faith? They have more respect and reverence for their God than we do for ours. I'm just saying, praise the Lord, look at someone and say, I think he's preaching to you. <laughs> I know, I, I don't do that either, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> as, far as, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. Watch this, he knows our he remembers that we're dust. As far as man, his days are like the grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourishes, for the wind passes over it and it's gone. And his place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him or have a reverence for him. And his righteousness watches to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments, to do them. I'm telling you right now, my children are gonna serve God their whole lives. But my grandchildren are going to serve their, 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 their. You're going to serve God your whole life. My grandchildren are their whole lives, and then they're going to pass out to their children. There's not going to be a break. Why should there be a break? Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to mentally put this down in your mind: Psalms 51. I've, I tell you, I've I've cried reading Psalms 51. It's, the, it's literally the struggle that David was going through after he had murdered Bathsheba's husband. He's tormented. He, he, if there's one thing he wants, he wants to be restored back to God. And the, the, the vernacular, the words he uses will just stir your heart. They will stir you on the inside. If at all, you can relate to that. If at all, you can relate to the fact that maybe you've done some things that literally just shook the foundation of your spiritual life. It just, it just shook it. And, you go, and you're tormented by it. He was tormented. And he, he just cried out to God that God would renew in him a right spirit. That he would cleanse him from his blood guiltiness. That he would free him. Of course, God did. God could have easily removed him from being the king of Israel, but he didn't do it. Why? Because David cried out with remorse, with sorrow, with shame, with guilt. But then he found his righteousness back with God after he repented. Thank you for listening to today's message. we love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.